13,000 years ago, a tremendous lake larger than all of the modern Great Lakes combined and spanning nearly 200 miles across, covering nearly 300,000 square kilometers in northern Minnesota and parts of Canada, formed in the Northwest. Lake Agassiz, a portion of which remains in Manitoba today. Its outflow, the raging glacial river Warren, carved what we now call the Minnesota River Valley. And its beds went on to become the rich and fertile lands of the Red River Valley. This is a story played out thousands of times over across Minnesota, just at varying and exceedingly milder scales. I'm Devin Boker. You are listening to Where the Water Reflects the Sky, a Minnesota geography podcast presented by The Wildlife. Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. But to be exact, there's actually 11,482. As glaciers advanced and retreated through Minnesota, portions of them stayed behind. Some of that ice, for one reason or another, was more difficult to melt. Like the sandy residuals of a winter past piled high in the grocery store parking lot. The retreating portions of the glaciers continued their deposits. The retreating portions of the glaciers continued depositing till around and sometimes atop those left behind blocks. As these blocks eventually melted, they left behind depressions. These depressions eventually filled with melt and drainage. We call them kettle lakes. Often, these lakes form behind terminal moraines with shorelines ranging from clay to sand to boulders. Kettle lakes are characterized commonly by being fairly small but deep. Interestingly enough, the majority of the lakes in the world are kettle lakes produced by glacial activity. But this isn't the only way that glaciers can create lakes. The chain of lakes at Orchard Lake in Lakeville, for example, were created by tunnels underneath the glaciers that were spewing out water. Lake Superior was created when a big ice lobe came off of the main sheet and focused its flow into that spot for a long period of time. Most of Minnesota's lakes are concentrated in the north. After all, that is where the majority of glacial activity took place. There are only four counties in Minnesota with no natural lakes. Olmstead, Pipestone, Mower, and rock. Ottertail County has 1,048 lakes, which is the most of any county in the United States. The largest lake in Minnesota, created by the glacial lake Agassiz, is Red Lake, which includes both the upper and lower portions. It's exceedingly large and exceedingly shallow. Second in line is Mille Lacs, Third is Leech. The lake with the most shoreline is Lake Vermilion at 290 miles. Minnesota has a total of 44,926 miles of shoreline, all consisting of lakeshore. California has 35,477 miles of shoreline, a majority 
coming from Lakeshore, with 3,427 coming from the ocean. Even with all that land bordering the Pacific, Minnesota still contains exceedingly more shoreline. Minnesota and lakes are practically synonymous with one another. They're a vital part of our economy, our leisure lives, our climate, our culture, and our ecosystems. So far in our series, we've explored Minnesota's violent and fiery beginnings in deep time, the carving of the landscape by ice, and now the origins of its lakes. These stories, they all tell the tale of how Minnesota came to be, yet they remain surface level, quite literally. Fire, stone, and ice shaped the land, but what about what grows upon it? Its ecosystems and the creatures connected within them, the people who first lived here, learned from and nurtured the land and its resources. The arrival of outsiders, the clash of cultures, the land, stolen, trade, industry, exploitation, loss, love, life, all of it, all upon the surface. The story of where the water reflects the sky is much deeper than fire, stone, and ice. It's a story of life, culture, and how the physical landscape influences and is connected to it all. It's a story still being told today. It's a story that will continue right here next season. Where the Water Reflects the Sky was originally planned to be a simple miniseries, but there remains too many stories to be told. And for that, we need two more seasons. Next, for Where the Water Reflects the Sky, Biogeography, exploring Minnesota's various habitats, biomes, and landscapes, and the life that lives upon it. Season three will take a more human approach, with an emphasis on the indigenous histories of Minnesota. After all, that is where this podcast got its name. I'm Devin Boker. You are listening to Where the Water Reflects the Sky, presented by The Wildlife. Stay tuned for more content and announcements about upcoming seasons.